Thanks, Maura. Thank you very much. It's the Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Enjoy the show. Thanks very much, Jeremy. Good afternoon on this Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday already. How are you? If you want to contact the programme about anything that's on your mind, 51551 ray at rte.ie. A lot of talk about Operation Transformation on Liveline. We'll be talking more about it when we meet three of the five new leaders for this year's Operation Transformation. I'll be very interested to hear what they have to say about the programme that they signed up for. Um, That's coming up later on. And also later on, from Douglas in County Cork, now living in London, Laura de Barra, also known as the Gaff Goddess, uh, talks to us about her new book, The Essential Guide to Styling Your Home, Decor Galore. I I like the cut of Laura's jib uh, because this is... Uh, a book and I've read a lot of these books over the years for work uh, and sometimes I feel that they're out of a lot of people's league you know it's they have lovely glossy photographs of homes that are obviously owned by multi-millionaires and you look at them and you go if only but with Laura there's no photographs whatsoever they're all sketches and drawings uh, and there's something there for every budget in fact she goes through the house room by room and she gives you three options the in, as in just, you know, clean it up and get rid of some of the, the clutter and you don't have to spend any money. And then there's the middle one, which I can't pronounce. I'll have to ask her how to pronounce it. Uh, T-Z-U-J. Uh, and then there's the final one, which is an over, uh, completely, you know, makeover type thing. Uh, so every, something there for all budgets. And we'll be talking to her, Laura DeBarra, after four o'clock. If you have any questions for her about plans you may have to um, change around things in your home, uh, interior decoration-wise, uh, get them into us and we'll put them to Laura after four o'clock. Uh, yeah, it's nice to get an email to say thanks. Margaret Price has been on to us and she was on uh, our Wheeling in the Ears quiz before Christmas and she didn't win. So she got the two mugs and she sent us a lovely picture uh, of her two mugs in front of her old-style radio. Uh, it looks like a wireless as opposed to a modern radio. And it's a lovely pick. And she says, thanks for the prize mugs pictured here beside my new radio. Oh, it's a new radio that looks like an old radio. And if you didn't get to play Joni Mitchell's Both Sides now, would you consider playing it this week? I did play it the day you were on. Um, and she says, I now associate that song 100% with Emma Thompson in Love Actually. And it makes me cry. That's Margaret Price. Good to hear from you, Margaret. And Una Manning has been on and she says, Christmas tree down. God bless the person who recommended wrapping my 400 lights around a cardboard tube. It took me hours to untangle them last year. Yahoo! Happy New Year to your family and team. There's another tip. We were giving out tips yesterday. Um, and uh, I'll pass that one on because it's worked for Una and it's worked for me over the last few years. When you're taking down the Christmas tree and when you're putting away the lights, get an old bit of cardboard and wrap the lights around it. If you have a tube, well and good, uh, maybe an old RT guide, depending on how, how many lights you have, and just wrap it around it. And then come the 8th of December next year, when you're taking down out of the attic or out of the shed or wherever you store your Christmas decorations, it'll be a lot easier. And there'll be none of that horrible untangling process that that frustrates so many of us. Uh, so there you go, passing that on for next year. Um, and 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 your 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 you know eleven month old as in eleven month older self will thank you from January of this year for doing that. I guarantee you. Still on tips, our man Connor Pope, our consumer champion. He comes in, yes, with his underwear outside his his tights. Uh, and he was tweeting there, if you were to give the world just one money-saving tip that you know works, what would it be? 
And we're always looking for tips to save money. And then he got a huge response and just a few of them here. He got over 400 responses. And these are, these are tips from people, uh, tips that they've used and that have worked. Chris, don't go to supermarkets when you're hungry. Oh, that's, you see, you, you think that's a silly one, but it, it's true because you buy stuff because you're hungry that you won't, that you won't eat. Uh, Maura, use credit unions. Good advice, Maura. Claire, stick to your lists. Supermarket lists, present lists and general shopping lists. Research the prices before you leave the house. That's good advice. Always spend less than you earn. Man, <laughs> Gavin. We all aspire to do that, Gavin. Uh, Jules, quit buying coffees on the go. Saves a fortune. Spelled F-O-R-C-H-U-N. And in those tips I was giving out yesterday from The Guardian over the weekend, there was, there was one, and it was incomplete when we recorded but it was to instead of buying a coffee every morning that you set up a direct debit or whatever from one of your accounts into a new account uh, for two euro a day uh, or and you do that and then at some stage in the future you have a little little nest egg of sorts and you treat yourself to something that's a good idea uh, don't bring kids to the supermarket with you that's from Cara Connor says learn to cook properly Joe says start your pension the first day you start working you see, that's, that's, yeah, it sounds great. It does sound great, Joe. And we know, we all know that that's what we should do. And we knew we should do that. But when you're, you know, you're 22, 23, 24 in your first job, like your pension and retirement is so far, so far in the future. It's like a different planet. Uh, and to motivate yourself to take money out of your salary every month or every two weeks or whatever you get paid and put it into a pension that you won't see the benefits of for 40 years or more and you're just going, nah, nah, that's not me. And and despite all the people that you hear on the radio telling you we have to do it and we're heading towards a situation where we won't have enough people paying taxes to support the number of people on pensions, despite all the times you hear that, we still won't act on it. But thanks, Joe. Thanks for that. Thomas says, if you use a credit card, pay the balance in full each month. That's, that's a good idea because it doesn't build up then. Uh, Linda says, and this is the final one, resist impulse buying. Wait 48 hours and if you still want to need it, buy it. Nine times out of 10, you'll have forgotten it. And somebody, some people would say 72 hours. Like, put it there and you go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Particularly online. And it's always just a click or two away. And it's so easy to do. Just give it 70, 48, 72 hours, two or three days. And if you still want it, if you still really want it then, then do the two clicks. So there. Twitter. We love these ones and we, it's, it's a thing that comes up over and over again. It's about Irish names um, because a lot of us have Irish names because we're from Ireland and we all have names. Um, anyway, Emer on Twitter writes, my lecturer can't pronounce my name. It's Emer. E-I-M-E-A-R. See, so it'd be all sorts of Emer, Emer, Emer. Um, anyway, my lecturer can't pronounce my name so just calls me Ireland. Uh, and uh, that's from Emer, who's an Erasmus student. Uh, I remember reading uh, Are You Somebody, the late Nuno Fuelon's uh, memoir, which is a brilliant read. Um, and uh, she had terrible problems with her name when she lived in London. Nula, probably get that, but the Fuelon part. Uh, what's a fodder? What's a fodder? Um, and just where we're on memoirs, I've just finished, and it's, it, it, it's, it's a book you'd read in two sittings or maybe three sittings, um, Unsettled. Uh, it's a memoir by Rosaline McDonough, who's a playwright and an activist and people who are in that area will know her. Uh, it's an amazing read, really powerful, really strong, really moving, well written. Um, and uh, it's one of those books that I, I had there since maybe October of last year. It has this striking cover uh, of, of, of a painting of a traveller woman on the cover. 
Um, and, it, it, you know, do judge a book by its cover on this occasion because it's a striking, brilliant cover and it's a striking, brilliant book. Uh, unsettled. Uh, and it, 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 you'll read it in a few settings. Um it's always good to, to praise ourselves. Um, so we're, we're, we're top, top of the league when it comes to our five a day. New figures from Eurostat show that Ireland has the most adults that eat their five portions of fruit and veg a day. Well done us. Fair play to us. Fair play to us for doing that. Yeah. Um, Ireland, 33% of the population have five portions of fruit and veg a day. They're now questioning that and saying, is that even enough? But anyway, Netherlands, 30%. Denmark, 23%. Down at the bottom of the table, Romania... Uh, 2%, uh, Bulgaria and Slovenia 5% and Austria 6%. And uh, I suggest that that those countries wouldn't have programmes like Operation Transformation on. Uh, but there you go. Um, so that, that that's good. Well done us. Um, tomorrow is uh, Nolignamon. We were talking about it yesterday. It's 6th of January, Little Christmas. And traditionally, it's the day where women take a break. Um, and uh, on this occasion, I want to tell you about women taking a swim. Journalist and broadcaster Derv MacDonald is one of the people organising uh, a swim tomorrow in aid of Women's Aid Charity. Snov for Manaw is the hashtag being used on social media. If you want to find out if there is something going on in your area, just go to hashtag Snov for Manaw, and it's a good idea. Uh, women all over the country getting out and swimming uh, for women's aid. Um, so that's good. 51551 Ray at RTE.ie. You know uh, Sana Marin, she's the Prime Minister of Finland. She was in the news before Christmas because she was out clubbing till the early hours in the morning and she broke some COVID restrictions. Uh, she's 34. Um, And they have a really interesting uh, uh, government. She leads a centre-left coalition with four other parties, which are all headed by women, three of which are under 35. Anyway, they're talking about a four-day working week in Finland um, or six-hour days. So you can opt for five days at six hours a day. That would bring you up to 30 hours a week or four working days of eight. That's 32. And it seems like there's a lot of talk about this. We did an item on it like early last year. Um, and, and it feels like there's there's a momentum behind the four-day week for people who can do it. And I think that in our lifetime, uh, it will happen for a lot of people, uh, which I think is good because I remember back in the 80s at college and people were saying, this is what we have to do because the whole idea of a 40-hour week working 42 or 45 weeks a year for 40 years of our life in the same job, that it was becoming antiquated. And that was back in the early 80s. But still, it is reality for a lot of people, but it is likely to change, I would think. Now, 51551, let's see what you're saying on this Wednesday afternoon. Um, Please share your version of... Uh, don't forget to wear sunscreen. I only heard a snippet of it yesterday, but I really enjoyed it. My friends and I listen to the original version anytime we go on a road trip in the car, but I'd love to share yours with them. Uh, really, Kira? I, I, I'm sort of embarrassed. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I always use an empty selection box to wrap the lights around. Good on you, Rosalie. Uh, putting away the Christmas decorations, I always put a 100 euro away with the decorations in the attic. Aha, there's an idea from Martin. It's a few quid to help at Christmas next year. Um, That's planning ahead. An empty Pringle tube. Ah, yes, it's great to wrap the Christmas lights around. Cut a little slip at the top and put plug inside and lid back on the tube. Works great. Tina, you are so organised. Ray, uh, don't forget to wrap a bit of tinfoil around the last few lights before you tuck them in so it's easy to find the beginning. There's another great idea. That's from Maura. You're full of it today, lads. Um, thanks, Maura, for that. And we have a lovely spring day here today in Belmullet. 
Uh, isn't it great to be alive on such a day in such a country, says Bob. Bob, yes, it is. It is. Uh, I was thinking of bringing, introducing something just for the month of January, a smile thing, you know, that every day at the beginning of your show that I, I, I bring you something that'll make you smile. Um, so, yeah, that, that's only a thought. Maybe we'll, we'll start it tomorrow or maybe Friday. Friday's a good day to start something like that. I use the centre of a roll of tinfoil for the lights. Make sure you start winding with the plug first. You end up with the first light ready to go at the top of the tree, work your way down and ready to plug in next year. Uh, we lived in the UK for years. My children went to primary school there, Shifra, Cormac and Alva. Well, Cormac's OK, but Shifra and Alva, problems. Uh, so you can imagine, yeah. Siofra, see ya. See ya, fra. And then you get to Elbeha, Elbeha. <laughs> poor Alva, poor Alva. But it's a situation for people all over the world who are going to countries uh, and they're bringing with them their native names uh, and people have problems and that's the world we live in and it's great and it's exciting. And we all have to make an effort, don't we? We do, yes. Uh, now, uh, reeling in the ears. Where's, where are you? There you are, there you go, yes. Oh, whoa. Yep, uh, we've gathered together bits of songs, news reports, TV shows and movies. We're looking for two people, that's two of you, to come on and answer three questions each on what you hear in your ears. We call it reeling in the ears, yep. Uh, and there's a bit of strategy involved in this quiz because if you go for a short clip it's a little bit more difficult to get two points a long clip uh, easier you'll get you one point uh, and there is a prize there is a prize to encourage you to pick up the phone uh, and this week uh, it's a getaway to Riverlee uh, Hotel in Cork it's part of the Doyle Collection a beautiful riverside location luxurious bedrooms and divine dining options uh, New Year's City Break has never looked better and it's an ideal place to explore everything that Cork City has to offer and then when you're done exploring the English market on Patrick Street and the like, you can return to the River Club uh, for a drink of your choice, you see. And you can go to doylecollection.com, doylecollection.com to see what they have uh, in store for you there. They're giving us two nights for you and a guest and dinner on one evening in the stylish Grill Room restaurant. Uh, but first, you have to answer a qualifying question. Schools are due to return tomorrow. Uh, can you give us the name of the Minister for Education? The Minister for Education. Uh, if you know the name and you do, 0818 715 925. 0818 715 925. We're looking for two people to come on after four o'clock, maybe win that prize. Uh, so we're looking for the name of the Minister for Education. 0818 715 925. Thank you. Now, 51551 radio.ie. Good afternoon. Weekend! And save your tears. 51551 radio.ie. Look, it works in Irish and in English. So, uh, snov for manal, that works, doesn't it? Yeah. And then somebody pointed out swimming for women. That works too. That doesn't often happen. Um, our goddaughter's name is Circe. On holidays in Spain, they call her Seesaw. That, that's easy enough. And Brings a smile to people's faces, which is good. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Email ray at rte.ie. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Uh, we want you to meet uh, the new leaders of Operation Transformation. Transformation on RTE Radio 1. Sponsored by Healthy Ireland. Helping you get set for life. Uh, it comes around very quickly. It's back on tonight, 9.35 on RTE 1. Uh, sitting in front of me we have Katie Jones how are you doing Katie? I'm all good how are you? You can take your mask off yep. that's allowed yeah uh, down in our Cork studios we have Kathleen Hurley Mullins hello Kathleen 
Hi Ray, good afternoon to yeah. everyone out there. Great to talk to you. And then uh, on the phone line is Sarah O'Connor Ryan. How you doing, Sarah? Hello Ray. Hi, how are you? Can you from the Tipperary studios here. Can you come closer <laughs> to whatever you're talking into there? No problem. Can That's, you hear me better now? Yes. Forget about the visuals. We just want the audio. So get as close to the microphone as you can. So, so poor Katie, you, 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 don't, you don't have a double barrel name. No, I'm the only one I think, I'm not, yeah. Out of the girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, we'll we go to you uh, first, um, Kathleen Hurley uh, Mullins. Um, so t- tell us a bit about yourself. I'm um, married to uh, two children, living in Carrigny-Navarre in Cork. Um, I have a salon, Blow and Yall, the KCH Beauty Salon. And... Um, I suppose I'm delighted to be part of the show and looking forward to the experience. Yeah, uh, so, so you, you left out a good bit there, which I, did, which I can I? I, I can fill in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as well as a salon owner, you're also a farmer. I am a farmer with my husband Tony. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you farm? Well, we've a dairy herd, and um, I'm well used to milking cows and feeding calves. Right. So it's part and parcel of my life now at this stage. I never really think of what I do as a job because I suppose I'm so used to doing it at this stage maybe. Well you're lucky aren't you? You're lucky. Is that a unique enough combination the the, the salon owner and farmer? <laughs> well I suppose I suppose I, I would never have thought of it as being unique because I suppose the way it is is that when I was always a beautician and when I married a farmer I'm from a farm as well and the natural progression of that would be for me to farm with him. Yeah. I wouldn't view it as alien to me yeah. because it's part and parcel of my life always. Uh, and then the, 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 the hairdressing. Is it, are you a hairdresser or I'm a beautician? I'm not a hairdresser. No, you're a beautician. No, I'm a beauty therapist, yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. right. And where did that come from? Well, I um, studied beauty therapy when I was 20 after working for a short time with Dunn Stores. And um, two years later, after working in Brown Thomas, it was Cash's then, I opened up my own salon. Uh-huh. So, right. so I'm a, I have my own salon since 1994 with my two sisters, Mary and Noreen. Uh, and so it's a trio. So tell me about getting involved in Operation Transformation and your motivation. I suppose I'm somebody for years who's watched the show. I absolutely love the show. I feel that, my goodness me, it's really made such a big difference to so many people's lives. Not only the lives of the people that are actually participating on the show, but people out there watching. And I suppose I was one of those people who sat down, I must admit, eating the last of the roses on the Quality Street on usually around the 5th of January, uh, watching the show, maybe having a glass of wine as well. And I said to myself this time last year, I wonder, could I do that? Mm. We had had a bereavement in the family and I just felt I really needed a kickstart. And I said, could I do that? And come September, I decided I am going to do that. I'm going to try and get on the show if I can at all. I want to improve my lifestyle. Mm. Uh, and and because that was very soon after your bereavement, when you were sitting in, on the couch watching Operation Transformation last year, it was, it was your your sister, your older sister, Susan. Um, and, and like that, that, that was a huge upset in your life. Uh, and was that a sort of a catalyst then? Uh, uh, not it, a, it, I, th- I think it was. Yeah. I think it was. It was a bit of a driving force because my sister died from di- undiagnosed ovarian cancer. And they call it the silent killer. And in our case, it really was. It crept up on her 
with a pain in her leg and before we knew it she was being rushed to A&E and unfortunately uh, given no chance. Um, At that stage she was full of tumours and she died 10 days later on the 27th of December. So sorry. Being honest with you, it was heartbreaking at the time, the worst thing that's ever happened to me. But as a mark of respect to Susan, I want to live a fulfilled life as much as possible and encourage everyone out there to make sure that they get themselves checked. Mm. Um, I suppose I have a bit of an issue that in Ireland, young girls growing up, nobody's ever checked for cysts on the ovaries. And things can turn nasty in a body quite fast. And when it decides to turn, it turns aggressively and quickly. And I suppose if I thought that this would encourage people to be scanned, if you have a cyst, make sure it's monitored in size. Um, I my, Myself, I had a cyst. Um, I've had that cyst removed and I also had my ovaries removed. And these are big life changes in my life this year. Mm. So out of that, because I've been put into a surgical menopause, I feel that my midriff has thickened. I always carried weight, but now I feel I have an excessive load on. And I could really feel that come August and September. And I just said to myself, something's got to change. And I know I have to change and make this change. How do your family feel about you going on the telly? Well, I think my children, I remember the day I was filling out the um, questionnaire actually for Operations Transformation and it was one of the last days that I was filling out the form and one of the things I didn't have was a full-length photograph of myself and I thought, oh gosh, who am I going to say it to now because, you know, you try and keep things hush-hush at the start and Anthony was in the house, my son, and I said, Anthony, would you ever take a full-length photograph of me? And he turned around he said, why, Mammy? <laughs> I didn't want to tell him. And I said, look, I said, I'm going to put an application for Operation Transformation. And he took the photograph and he looked at me. He said, do you know what, Mum? He said, I think you're going to do this. And that kind of said for me, brilliant. My uh, husband, 100% behind me. My daughter, Heather, is all part of it. My parents, who are in their late 80s, have been a pillar of strength. But they've always been fantastic parents. And my sisters, they said, like, it kind of helped them so much this year because Christmas was going to be such a sad time for us. And now we really feel we all have a new beginning. Ah, that's great. Yeah. Um, uh, So, Katie. Hi. You're from Swords. From Swords, yeah. And you're the youngest of the five leaders. Yeah, right. the youngest. Yeah, which is... The best, maybe, no. <laughs> no, but you're, you're 24, are you? 24, 24, yeah, yeah. OK. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am 24 years of age. I have an 18 months old son and I live in Swords with my partner, Michael. Um, I, will I say the reason why I applied? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. The reason not? why I applied was because before I had Joshua, I was kind of into the fitness like industry and stuff. And then having Joshua during COVID and stuff, I kind of lost kind of my feel for it and stuff. So, And then when Joshua was born... Joshua kind of like got my their full kind of uh, support. Attention, yes. <laughs> so then I kind of like, during COVID, it wasn't seeing many people and stuff. So then I just kind of, my weight just went, kept going up and yeah. up and up. And then I realised one day, I was like, I don't want to be like this anymore. I don't want to be like this unfit, health, healthy mom. Like I want to be like a happy mom and stuff. And then... Uh, can you talk to me a little bit about how you feel now as, a parent, as compared to when you were 
you know, because you you yeah. played GA, you're very good at it. Yeah, yeah. Your dad was very proud of you. Aww. Anywhere you anywhere you got the ball on the field, you ended up scoring, wasn't yeah. that it? Yeah. yeah, that's actually true. Yeah, he always <laughs> said that. He's like, all the angles that you had, you literally yeah. got the ball in the net. Like that was yeah. kind of it was always like could be anywhere, and like yeah. I got the ball in the net. That was like really I'm, funny. Yeah, I'm always intrigued about what's going on in your head and how yeah. you feel. Yeah. yeah. Can so, you remember how you felt when you were, you know, playing football and all that stuff yeah. compared to how you feel now? The way I feel now, kind of, I'm more angry at myself for letting myself get to this point where right. I have to kind of like go back and get to that happiness that I had when I was playing out there. Like, I had so much fun on the field with the team. I think being a part of a team is like the best thing. You have social sport, like social gatherings and everything. It's just and now I don't have any of that. Right. So I'd love to get that back as well. But yeah. And it's difficult when you have a child because it is it is all consuming, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. Even though he's like my world, it's yes. just like I need time now to kind of like focus on myself because Joshua's going to get older <laughs> and like he won't need me as much anymore. So I'm like, I need to put myself... <laughs> well, you will need you for quite some time to come. Well, but, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, but when he's 18, you'll still be a very young woman, won't yeah, you? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think I'll only be like 40 something. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm still like... And I don't want to be like wishing his my life away and being like I want to get to that stage where I'll find, find myself again yeah. whereas like I'm now I'm two years like that I've been unhappy so now it's time to kind of hit the ball going uh, Do you think there's a lot of pressure on operation transformation to make you because you said yeah. you're not happy to yeah. make you happy is there Um I, I was saying the other day, since I've started the plan, I can just see the uh, total difference. Like I'm in the plan the five days and like I'm like the, probably the happiest I've been in a long time in myself. Right. Like I can see myself changing and stuff like I'm going like the food is better. Exercise is better. I've like I felt like I was a lot busier before, but then I'm even 10 times busier now, but I'm happier. Right. So I feel like there is pressure for myself to like change as well. But I think it's all good. Where's that pressure coming from? Do you think? Myself. Yourself. 100%. Yeah. 100% yeah. Yourself. Everyone else is saying, oh, you're fine. Because you know when you say, oh, I don't look well and like this and that. But it's myself that like no one has ever said to me, oh, you've put on weight and stuff. But I know myself. Mm. I'm not happy. So that's the reason why I applied. Okay. Um, now, uh, down to, is it Ballina or Gary Kennedy? Where are you, Sarah O'Connor Ryan? Oh, Bal- I'm from Gary Kennedy, but I'm living in Ballina. I'm married to a Ballina man, so okay. I moved the whole 10 kilometres. <laughs> down <laughs> the, the river, down the river. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Down the river, yeah. exact downstream. You know, you know, years ago, we once got all the population of Gary Kennedy onto a boat as a stunt. <laughs> it's very small, isn't it, Gary Kennedy? Oh, well, my granddad probably would have been on that boat, I'd say. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's very small. No, it has expanded, all right. But it's, it's um, it was a very quiet village to grow up in. It was great in the summer because we had lots of our summer friends, as we'd say. But in the winter, I think we were the only kids in the village. So it was right. very quiet, but beautiful part of the country to grow up in. Now, speaking of kids, you four, uh, 12 down to six, Paddy, Brendan, Joni. Is it Joni and Bobby? Yep. Spot on. Okay. Um, Uh, Yeah, four beautiful kids. Um, Oh, sorry. No, there's a bit of a delay. So I tell you what, I'll ask you a question and then stop and then you can answer me. Uh, So so tell us about yourself, Sarah O'Connor Ryan. Okay, so I'm 38. I'm married to my husband, Podrick. We have four beautiful children, as you you said their names there. Um, We live in Ballina. Podrick works full time and then he's a part time farmer and I work part time myself at the minute. And um, just we're in an extremely busy household. The fourth child has just started his after school activities now. Um, He started primary school. So I have four in primary school and it's um, it's just extremely hectic. 
and busy. And I suppose in the pandemic, we had a bit of a lull. And then when it kind of came back out of it again, we hit into back, back into all the activities. And I just found I was completely and utterly overwhelmed by the amount of work, the amount of places we had to go. And literally, I had just let myself go completely. And there was no time in all of it for myself whatsoever. And um, so that was why I, I just I had reached a point where I had tried everything myself. I had tried to do this plan and that plan and this exercise plan. And I just nothing was working for me. And I had really gotten to the end of my tether. So I applied for the show after a wedding. I went to one weekend. My cousin got married um, at the end of September, start of October. And I came back from the wedding and I just said, I can't go somewhere and not feel happy anymore in myself. And I just, I applied for, I think I did the whole application, video, everything in the space of 45 minutes. I didn't even look at it. I just sent it in and I nearly sent it in with a prayer in my heart, nearly just, please, I need this. I need this so much. And I'm just so grateful that I got it. Um, You're a professional singer as well. Yes. So I, I sang for years. That's, that's what I do. It's part of who I am. And, uh, you know, gigging away and had a, a busy book for 2020. And then obviously when the pandemic hit, um, oh, the, gig, the book just emptied out and that was it. It was gone overnight. And I think it took me about a month, a month and a half to, to actually accept that this wasn't coming back in two weeks or, you know, this isn't going to just turn around overnight. And um, so, yeah, so I kind of went, I didn't work until the end of the summer and then I got offered um, a job in the local creche driving the school bus and um, and because all my kids are in the local schools it, it suited me as well to do this and it was I just wanted to get back out of the house again I was just stuck in a rut at home so I was delighted to have that and I'm still doing that thank God because the music hasn't come back but then of course when the pandemic hit I just started eating eating and not exercising it's like I just lost the reason I had to keep myself anyway right. Like I had always been battling with my weight, but I'd always yo-yo up and down. But when the pandemic hit, it was like a free-for-all. And and especially last January. um, And I'm laughing at what Kathleen said there. Last January, I used to be watching the ad break challenge and my ad break challenge was nearly when I finished this bag of Maltesers kind of thing. I was just, I had lost all sense of myself, if you you get me, and all desire to, to get myself back. And I think... I re- I made a decision um, in the summer. I said, I can't turn 40 like this. And like, I have put up two stones since the pandemic started. Like, that's a huge amount of weight. That's changed me completely. I'm not the person I was at all. So, uh, and, and because of that, then I, I, I actually am embarrassed to go back singing. I don't want people to see me. I don't want people to comment on how much weight I've put up. And it's taken that joy out of singing for right. me as well and I just I, I need to get it back for myself I, I you know as a parent and all mothers give everything for their family and for their kids and I just want something small for myself back I suppose I had lost everything mm. of myself it, it, it's a big undertaking and I'm talking to all three here to do Operation Transformation because you're putting yourself out there in a big way um, you know warts and all and is it something um, I'll go back to Kathleen now is it something that you have thought through you, you, you know you've watched it but being involved and being a viewer completely different things Oh completely different but the only thing is is that when you are part of it people can hear your voice through it and I suppose I, I'm not, I suppose I'm not nervous in a sense to go on it because 
I know my goals. I know my ambitions from the show. Mm. And I'm hoping to achieve all. And I suppose I'm quite a driven person. And um, I, I, I'm really enjoying it, I must admit. Yeah. I found it great so far. And there's been, there's been criticism on Liveline of, of Operation Transformation over the last couple of days. Yeah. Now, there are changes. Are they subtle or not so subtle? They are changes, but I never saw anything wrong with it anyway, I must admit. You know, no matter what you do in life, somebody's going to criticise you. And there are a lot of people who enjoy this show every year. And I think that's what we really have to focus on. Anything in life is going to get negativity. Um, This year, there isn't a weighing system in front of anyone, you know. Um, But I strongly believe that there's an awful lot of goodwill out there for the show and I would encourage that and that's mm. that's where uh, I come uh, from. And I suppose a lot of people home in on the Lycra. Uh, saying yeah, well, I wear Lycra anyway because if I'm going for a walk or anything, what else would you wear? Mm. You know, I... I don't go for a walk in a pair of jeans. I, you know, if I take any form of exercise, they're exactly what I'm going to be wearing. I have no issue with wearing those anywhere. So it's up to everyone. Everyone has their own opinion. But if people don't like wearing Lycra, then I'd advise them not to wear it, you know? Yes, yeah. It's up to them. No, I've watched it. And, and for example, the two lads are wearing shorts and T-shirts yeah. and runners because the barefoot thing was something as well that sort of grated with me, but you had to because you were doing the... The, the way in. The way in live. Yeah. You're not doing that now. You do it earlier no. in the day. Yeah, and we're wearing runners on the show. But, yes. you know, sometimes isn't it nice to show somebody's ankles, you know? <laughs> I, I'll have <laughs> to think about that, Kathleen. There's nothing wrong with looking at somebody's narrow little ankles, isn't there? It's more kind of shaped to the legs. Yeah, so, right. you know, wearing a shoe, I suppose, it's okay. okay. Either way, it wouldn't bother me. It really wouldn't. Now, the two gentlemen are, are unavailable today, uh, yes. but we asked them to do voice notes for us. Uh, so, so John is um, John is a truck driver, uh, and we asked him to introduce himself. He's leader number four, if you like. Um, so, John. Hello, my name is John Ryan. I live in Ballyragh, Kilkenny. I'm married to my wife Selina, and we have three children: Nathan, 22; Michaela is 19; Leanne is 17. I'm a lorry driver, and I'm 49 years old. I am delighted to be chosen as a leader for Operation Transformation 2022. All the support and kind messages are much appreciated and I can't wait to start this amazing journey. That's John. Have you all met? We have, Kate? yeah. We've met last week. And right. uh, we've gone like like a family, like we're like so close. Like it's really nice. The support <laughs> is really good. Yeah. Um, me and Stefano especially are like, we okay. literally on FaceTime last night. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Well, let's meet Stefano then. Oh, yeah. He sent us a, a voice note. Stefano. Hi, my name is Stefano from Clamel. I'm a hairdresser. Also help out in the family takeaway. My goals are to gain my confidence back and to quit smoking and to improve my mental health going forward. I'm so delighted to be chosen as one of the five leaders for OT 2022. There you go. So he's a smoker. Any any other smokers? Not this year, no. No, no. So he's the only smoker. I I suppose the important thing as well, uh, Sarah, is that it's in the round. So it, it is... It's about it's about weight. It's about attitude. It's about motivation. It's about getting out there. It's it, it's everything. That was that was actually part of when I went up for assessment day when we were in the circle of truth with Doctor Eddie. That's what I spoke about. I said this is operation transformation. It's not just about weight. It's about an overall 
change to, to your mental and physical health and finding um, finding time for yourself as a person and, and giving to yourself, especially. Um, I, I kind of, if, if it was weight loss, that's one thing, but I don't think it's about that as much anymore. I really think it's an overall transformation and that is why I applied and that's what I said. Yeah. I said, I want, I don't just want to lose weight. I want to figure out how to feed my family better. I want to figure out how to look after myself better, give myself more. And I, I actually said, I know I'm busy and I know I'm all this, but I said, this is not just my story. This mm. is every mother's story across the country. And it would be fantastic if I can do it with four kids going to activities, working part time, everything that I have going on in life, then other people can do it too. And that's why it was so important for me to be, I suppose, to be a leader, to get it for myself. But I, I really, yeah. I've been contacted by so many mums I know who feel the exact same way. And Sarah, that's and important because you are leaders. Yeah. You, you are leaders. Mm. So I often think, and, and it's always, I'm always proved correct in the end, that the producers in some of the leaders see things in them that they don't see in themselves. Does that make sense, Katie? I'd love to know why we were all picked. <laughs> yeah. That is so true, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you're, going, you're going to inspire people. I really hope so. I really do hope so. That's yeah. kind of like the goal is obviously to inspire myself, but obviously to help girls and young mums like, that are in the same boat as me. Like. And people are going to be really excited when they find out where you work. Oh my God. <laughs> pennies! <laughs> I love pennies. Yeah. Do, you get a, do you get a staff discount or is that a two uh, Sometimes. Sometimes. But uh, they've been so supportive which is, I can't not fault them. Yeah. They're, they're the best kind of. Okay. So, so to wrap up then what, what do you hope to get from this? We'll start with Katie. For me I'd love to lose the weight be happy and just be healthy. Right. Yeah, three simple things. Yeah, they yeah. sound simple, but yeah. they're not easy. Yeah, no, they're not easy, but uh, <laughs> yeah. with the support and everything, I definitely think we'll be able to achieve, well, I will be achieve my goals. Yeah, so uh, weight loss, happy, healthy. Yeah. Right, okay. Because that's the thing that, mm-hmm. that's important that people know that when you're, when, if, there are, if you're overweight, yeah. or if you have overweight, as they say now, that it has health implications. Of course, yeah. Because yes. I, I have high blood pressure and I'm on a tablet and like, um, healthy eating and like exercise is the key to reduce that so that's the main thing for me is to get that off and like if I don't do it now then I don't want to be on a tablet for life so no. okay. that's my reason um, What about you Kathleen? What do you hope to get out of it? I suppose the fact that being 50 being middle aged going through the menopause to prove that you can actually still lose weight when you're going through the menopause because it's a lot harder and I hope to prove that I can do it and I've had great support here. I have to say, though, one thing, Ray, I have a fantastic uh, cameraman here with me today, <laughs> Connor, who's videoing all of this. <laughs> Hi, <And> Connor. <laughs> his mother should be very proud of him because he's a great guy and he's been with me suffering all week. <laughs> and Katie brought, you brought, you've one yeah, yourself. Alicia. Yeah, Alicia. Alicia, yeah, yes. And Sarah, have you got one as well? Oh, I have the fabulous Helen here. Right. I'm so okay. privileged. She's fantastic. She really is. No, I, I mean, I've, I've got somebody who's on my wavelength, which is fantastic. She's brilliant. Yeah. Um, so uh, apart from a new friend in Helen, what do you hope to get from Operation <laughs> Transformation? Um, really what I want is I want to be a happier person out of it. I want my family to be healthier. I want to, to be happier with my family, with my kids. That was that. It was all about doing it for myself, firstly, but long term for them, because I want to, I was feeling like I was I was anxious and I was angry and I was frustrated because I was so busy. And I'm not given the time to my children. So I overall want myself to be happier. But as a result of that, I want my family to be happier and for us to be be healthier, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's 
it's D-Day isn't it you're going to see yourself on telly for the first time tonight there's probably been promos around which you're going to see the full programme are are you anxious nervous excited this is the first day where I've actually felt a bit emotional about it yeah I was saying it to Alicia today um, it's just like all the texts and stuff it's so lovely but I'm nervous because assessment day I like just like like went hell for leather with the running stuff so I'm like I don't know what way I look okay. <laughs> but like other than that no do you know what I'm out there I'm going to get good I'm going to get bad comments so whatever happens happens and okay uh, and then Kathleen I suppose I'm a little bit apprehensive about it because I suppose I've, I have a sad story in it yes and um, oh I just hope it doesn't come across too sad because like I'm part of an extremely happy family and you know at the end of the day that's what I hope comes true. Okay. A strong, happy family. Uh, and Sarah, so yourself, Paddy, Brendan, uh, Joni, Bobby and Podrick will be sitting down tonight to watch it. Yes, we will, yeah. We will be... Um, I, think I, I think I'm mostly anxious about it because I've spent a lot of the time hiding myself away because of the extra weight and not putting up anything on social media or taking pictures and that... And I think it's going to be a little bit of a rude awakening of what I actually look like. And it's out there for everyone to see. Well, that's liberating, um, so isn't I'm it? So I'm a bit nervous about that's that. That's liberating. Sorry? That's liberating. It, oh, it is. Yeah. It is actually yeah. liberating. Yeah. That is yeah. the only thing. I, I, there's, I'm, I'm out there now. That's it. I can't hide anymore. Yeah. So I've just got to deal with what's in front of me and change it. Uh, well, listen, and this goes to John and Stefano, uh, who aren't here with us. I, I'm always in awe of the leaders of Operation Transformation because I think, as I said already, it takes a lot of courage to put mm-hmm. yourself out there and yeah. you're inspiring other people to follow you. So, and that's good as oh, well. So you're becoming you. leaders. So good luck with everything and we will be chatting along the way over the next eight weeks. So thanks, Sarah O'Connor Ryan. Thanks, Kathleen Hurley thanks Mullins. Very much. Thank you. Um, and, and, and thanks, Katie. Will we give you a, what's what's Michael's surname? Just... Thornton? Thornton. Katie Thornton Jones. Oh. That sounds good, doesn't it? That sounds good. <laughs> Okay, and uh, Operation Transformation is on the telly tonight, 9.35 after news, RT1. Operation Transformation on RTE Radio 1. Sponsored by Healthy Ireland. Helping you get set for life. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Text 51551 The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1 uh, There's a text saying So, so looking forward to Operation Transformation It's a great positive programme that does so much to promote the health of adults and children says that person Now RTE is 60 years on the air Believe it Believe it or believe it not and to help celebrate all those memorable moments over the years a new photographic exhibition called Ireland on the Box uh, is available for you to peruse in the National Photographic Archive Meeting House Square, Temple Bar in Dublin. It's from now until May. And Bree Doyle, it's not, it's Bree Dooley, Head of RTE Archives, is with us now to tell us all. Sorry, Bree, it's Bree Dooley, Bree Dooley, right. Bree Dooley. How are you? I thought you were looking for Anne Doyle. No, it is Bree <laughs> no, Dooley here. <laughs> yes. So, so we work in the same organisation. We've never met. Um, but, no. But I'm constantly dipping into RTE Archives. It's a great, it's a great uh, resource to have. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And, and of course, uh, we, I suppose we think of radio and television in the main, but actually we have a huge photographic archive. And that's really what's telling the story of television um, in this exhibition um, over six decades. Right. And so, so these would be, would they be behind the scenes photographs? Yeah, they would be that, uh, but I suppose uh, they're that plus more. Essentially, when I suppose television started, opening night was New Year's Eve 61. Mm. Um, um, and Ireland was sort of late to the party when it came to television. Um, and we didn't have a whole bank of archive to draw upon, as you have today, Ray. But um, these photographs, of course, were taken partly to to, to, to document what mm. was happening, partly to be used um, 
uh, in television programmes and then for, for promotion and other yes. purposes. A huge amount of them would have appeared in the RT Guide as well. So, yeah. you know, so it's, 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 a, it's a huge collection, really, really large collection. And, and going through them, selecting the ones <laughs> to, to appear in the ex- exhibition yes. must have been a huge chore. Not a chore, it, but a task. It was a huge task, a Herculean task, and uh, carried out by uh, one of our photographic researchers, um, Emma Kyo, and our curator, Lean Wiley, who I'm sure you know, who mm. pulls together a lot of our material every day that you see on the RT Archives website. So, um, yeah, so it was it was a small team all working together and coming, yeah, trying to select, I suppose it's a photographic exhibition at the end of the day, so it's about the photographs as much as it's about the story they tell. And in a way, photography is that much different in that it's not a narrative it's not a sort of a story beginning middle and end you're seeing a picture as it emerges and then in context so you you get this lovely um uh, I suppose exposition of them all together which tell their own story as well so that's kind of partly how the selection came about as well. I can't wait to see it is there any plan to do it digitally as well for people who may not be able to get to Temple Bar well, within the exhibition itself, the way in which it's presented, it's a very, I suppose it's a very physical exhibition. It's there on the walls Aha, and, right. you know, they're in large. But, but in actual fact, all of the images come from the RT archives and the photographic collections are, are a, a huge amount of them are already digital. They're actually all available on the RT archives website. If, if you go in okay. there and go into our photographic archive, you, you'll find that and many, many more. I mean, there's only a tiny little fraction of what we hold there. Okay, talk us through some of them then. Um, And I think we have some audio clips here as well to augment it. Yeah. Okay, well, I suppose if we if we start with where it is, it's in Meeting House Square. So, um, and if you're if you're if you have I suppose a little bit of time to while away, and you're wandering around the town and not going into any places as people are not doing at the moment, you can go into the the National Library and the National Photographic Archive in Meeting House Square. And the first thing you'll be greeted when you get in there is the magic door. Knock knock, open wide, see what's on the other side. Knock knock, any more? Come with me through the magic door. Ah, uh, good old Bosco. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, he looms large in this exhibition, as he, I think, does in most people's lives, even those who, who never watched the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, so he, he appears there in all his, his colour and glory. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice invitation in, and I think it gives a nice feeling as well about that whole sort of, I suppose, six decades of television and what it means uh, across lots of different genres and themes, but beginning with the children. It's always about the children, isn't it? And uh, uh, and of course, you yourself, Ray, are in there. Oh, right. Am I? <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> well, I think I think you might you might feel good about it, as it was a first in many ways. It's where you have the first woman president being interviewed. Oh, yes, yeah. By a children's program, the Den, of course. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the first for for the president also in taking on Dustin. Yes. In the world. Yes. And and her it was Mary Robinson and her son Aubrey. Isn't that his name, Aubrey, I think. Yes. And he had given her a drawing to give to us, which was ah. amazing. And we were all reverential, Zegan Zag and I, and then Dustin came in and accused her of having smelly feet or something like that. So, typical like Dustin, that. anyway, typical <laughs> Dustin. We don't have that clip, we don't have that clip. But we do no. have a bit of Wanderly Wagon. Um, so I'll play that and then you can tell us how they feature. Yes. Yeah. And everybody's singing, who was there at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I think again one of those iconic shows that loom large in in Irish cultural memory, even if it wasn't part of your childhood, because of course the 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 Lambeth puppetry went on for many years uh, thereafter, and um, Crow and Judge and Godmother and O'Brien. Uh, mm. Yeah, they they I think they're the the images that are in in our minds uh, and in our hearts in many ways as well. But there's a lovely small little image in there as well that, that uh, you will see which is of a, a bit of a misleading uh, I suppose of the time of protest we will call it but uh, there was a bit of um, rumour going around that Wanderly Wagon was about to be scrapped so some children uh, got together and <laughs> made a protest Took to the streets <laughs> uh, we, we did children's television brilliantly uh, for a small country and it, it was it was very much ours you know, yes. it wasn't it wasn't copying anybody else. It was very much Irish, um, which was great. And of course, sport is huge in Ireland as well. I was just looking at the top twenty programs from last year, Absolutely. and a huge chunk of them are sporting events. Absolutely, and and really, it's it's kind of it's again. I should say, kind of, I suppose, a, a word of warning here. There is no way that an exhibition could cover the 60, six decades, 60 years of all of the sports, all of everything that went on in Irish <laughs> television and RT. But yeah, I mean, it is it is the glimpses of the journey that we were on and that we are still on. So, it, you know, from Muhammad Ali to handball, <laughs> it's there. And right up to the present day to Katie Taylor and, of course, our own Ellen Keane, Paralympian, extraordinaire yes. and gold, gold medal winner from 2020. So you have this huge panoply of 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 you know stars of, and 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 people again who have sports men and women who really loom large in our mm. lives to the present day. You know, so again, yeah, we're a public service broadcaster, and as such, we have to reflect the lives of the people who watch us and listen to us. And and and, and it sounds very much that the exhibition does that. It does. I mean, it's it's really, again, I suppose we go back to what television is about and its essence and where it comes from. And I think still very much whether it's whether you go to be entertained, to be informed or educated, you're getting all of that in whatever order you want. And the exhibition reflects that. But it also reflects, and again, I think the point you made about children's television um, and how we did it so well and still do it so well. And, you know, we reflect Irish life, I suppose. Yeah. That's, that's what you see in these images. We see ourselves okay. uh, in the conversations and the discussions and in the very many different faces of Ireland and the Ireland that, that grew over those six decades into who we are today. So that, that's what really stands out, I think, for me anyway. I mean, everybody will take something different from it, but that stands out for me is that kind right. of the journey, a journey through six decades of Ireland as well. It, it sounds brilliant, and I can't wait to bring the the children in just to see to show them Daddy with the president. Uh, anyway, uh, Bree Dooley, head of RT Archives, thanks so much. And Ireland on the Box is now on the National Photographic Archive Meeting House Square, Temple Bar, and it'll run until May. So there's no rush on that. Thanks, Bree. Thank you, Ray. Bye bye. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio One. Gurumag and Marianne, thank you very much. 51551 Ray at RTE.ie. Stephen says, My father in the 1960s used to roll a newspaper to wrap our Christmas lights around. It's not a new idea. Stephen in Ratfarnham. Uh, my name is Sheila. Without the fodder, I'm silly. <laughs> hey! And uh, come on now, that Wonderly Wagon theme tune was not the original. I know, I know, Catherine. It sounded a bit trippy, didn't it? That, that, that version of it. <laughs> It's a remix. It's, it's some sort of dance remix, drum and bass type thing. The other clips that we had lined up that we didn't get a, a chance to play. Do you have tittles, Miley? 
David has no chitlins. Oh, you do? Ooh, Miley has chitlins. Chitlins everywhere. I think everyone has chitlins. I don't think Behave yourselves, Miley and Fidelma on Glen Rowe. And the predecessor of Glen Rowe, of course, was Bracken. And that starred uh, a young, moody, tall, dark and handsome Gabriel Byrne. I see he's bringing his memoirs to the stage. That's something I'd, I'd want to see as well, if it's, if it's open. Uh, and we mentioned the sport. And I was listening to Lyric this morning and George Hamilton is standing in for um, Marty Whelan. Yes. This kick can decide it all. The nation holds its breath. Great clips, great clips. Which brings us nicely on to Reeling in the Ears, yes. More clips on the way for our two contestants. And if they go for a short clip, they'll get two points. If they go for a longer clip, they will get one point because it is easier. And they may win a prize. Well, one of them will win a prize. And this week, it's thanks to the people in Riverley Hotel in Cork part of the Doyle collection of hotels beautiful riverside location luxurious bedrooms and divine dining options perfect place to explore explore everything that Cork City has to offer and they have their to the moon installation there as well Um, and doylecollection.com for more details doylecollection.com hello Terry Field hello Ray how are you doing yeah you can never be sure with a Terry whether it's a woman or a man Oh, it's a man, yeah. It's a man, it's a man. Terence, <laughs> is it? Short for Terence. Yeah, ter- yeah Terence, short, Terry, short for Terence, yeah. Yeah, uh, and you're in League Slip in County Kildare. I am indeed, right, yeah. Same county as yourself. Yeah, and, and well, you're nearly Dublin there. You have double-decker buses and Dublin well, accents well, yeah, and all that Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I was born in Dublin, actually. I was oh, born across, yeah, in, in, in Lucan, not far away. Ah, yeah, yeah. So you didn't, you didn't yeah. move far, did you? Um, no, I didn't. And you're not doing a lot of movement these days either because you've been working from home for, the, for almost two years now. <laughs> Nearly two years, Ray, yeah. Opened the little box room of a, a little uh, set up here, like. But uh, thankfully, I have the little radio beside me, so right. it keeps me sane. Like, yeah, yeah. You know. And have you made it into a nice office over the two years? Yeah, I have actually a proper desk and a, a proper chair, that's ergonomic chair, and I've got yes. an extra screen and a laptop and a printer, so. Great. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. And how do you demarcate, you know, life, work life, and home life? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> Do you find yourself do you find yourself drifting into the office after hours? That's the question, I suppose. Yeah, uh, no, hopefully my boss doesn't listen. No, I don't. <laughs> you don't, right? No. You shouldn't. But, but, when I was younger, I used to work mad hours, but I've got to an age in life where I do my job and I do the best I can. And uh, when I log off in the evening, I log off. So you have the perfect work-life balance? I do, yeah. Great, yeah. great. So what's the situation at home then? Who's there? So it's only myself and my wife Anne. Um, our three children have moved out. Um, so I have a daughter, Alison, who lives the other side of Leeds, but her husband, Dan, and she has two beautiful little girls, our granddaughters. Right. So, um, and, uh, and you had a bit of COVID around the place over Christmas? Yeah, we, we did. Well, my daughter, Alison, was in contact with somebody who right. had COVID, and that was Christmas Eve. So <laughs> she decided not to come up over to Christmas. So um, And then there were actually diagnosed with COVID last week so oh. we're hoping hopefully by the end of this week we can see them Is everyone um, okay? They are they're, they're getting yeah. through it Yeah, They're getting through it they're a bit tired and, and uh, 
kids were a little bit out of sorts, like, but not severe, which right. is good. Like, you know. And as a result, you had a £20 turkey that had to be turned oh. into curry for, for how many days? Oh, oh four days. <laughs> four days? <laughs> four days of turkey, right? Oh, <laughs> I don't ever want to see a turkey ever <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I'm getting a roast beef next Christmas. <laughs> There you go, yeah. Uh, you're yeah. up against uh, Sheila Barry. How you doing, Sheila? Hi, Ray. How are you? Yeah, if you if you don't have the fodder, you're silly. That's what somebody said there. <laughs> yeah. So you're in uh, Drummer League in County Cork. That's right. Uh, and what's your story? Uh, well, I'm at home minding my two children today and um, my, my husband's birthday. So I it, said I'd... Uh, yeah. oh, it's, it's a birthday, is it? Right. It's my husband's birthday. Right. And um, what have you got arranged from, or should I ask? Uh, we have a shepherd's pie. Uh, right. cooked for him right. yeah. and we've got presents and um, things ready for him oh great when he comes home from work yes exactly right what, <laughs> a, what age are the children um, my daughter is nine and my son is eight and are they back to school tomorrow they're back to school tomorrow yes right not uh, really looking forward to it but anyway but you are <laughs> 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 and I think that's the case for a lot of parents all over the country uh, yeah. we love you but it's go on off you go off you go yeah. <laughs> right okay how are you on the quizzes Sheila uh, not too bad I listen to your show sometimes and I love the quiz yeah. so I said I'd put my hat in the ring to the SEO I got on great great okay uh, well you know the deal um, yeah. uh, Terry and Sheila you get uh, two points for a short clip and you get one point for a long clip and whoever has the most points at the end wins the prize Good luck to you both. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Thanks, Good luck, Sheila. Hey, good luck, Terry. Right, Terry, to you. Uh, the year is 1995. Right? Okay. 1995. And we're at the movies. So do you want a long clip or a short clip? I'll go short, Ray. Go okay, short. This film starring Mel Gibson was a box office smash in 1995. We're looking for the name of the movie. Here's your short clip for two points. For presenting yourselves on this battlefield. I give you Brave thanks. Heart. This is our army. Oh, you don't even need the full clip. There you go. Braveheart is the correct answer. You get two points. Right. Sheila, to you. Still at the movies. We're still in 1995. Do you want a short clip uh, like Terry or do you want to go a longer clip for one point? I'll go for a short clip. Short, you're going for the two points. Okay. Uh, This film starring Tom Hanks was released in the summer of 1995. Have a listen and we need the name of the movie. Here's your short clip. Uh, This is Houston. Uh, Say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. Uh, would it be Apollo 13? Yes, yes, because, yeah, Apollo 13 is the correct answer. Two points to you as well. Good start uh, from both Sheila and Terry. And Terry, your second question. We're in the charts. It's music from 1995. What would you prefer, a long clip or a short clip? I'll go long on the music, right? You go long on the music. Okay, this song by Manchester Group was one of the big hits in 1995. So we're looking for the name of the song or the name of the band. And here's your long clip for a point. Cause maybe. Who that there? It's Oasis, right? It is. And Wonderwall, you got a point yeah. for that. You're kicking yourself yeah. now. You should have went for the short one. Should have went short. Okay, Sheila. Uh, still in the charts, still with music. 1995 is the year. Do you want to go long or short? I'll go short. You go short, you see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this song was another hit from a Boy Band, 1995. So the name of the song or the name of the group. For two points, here's your short clip. But in a corner of my mind. Celebrate the glory. Take that. Yes, back for good. Two points. Yes. You're on four. Terry, you're on three. Yeah. Uh, so, last question. We're in the news. It's current affairs. You sort of have to, don't you? You sort of. Uh, yeah, I have to. 
absolutely very short. You have to go for the short one, don't you? Yeah. Right, in 1995, this Irish athlete became a world champion in the 5,000 metres. Have a listen to this clip and we want to know the name of the athlete and here's your short clip for two points. The first Irish woman to win a world championship gold record. 14 minutes, 46 seconds. Uh, Sonia O'Sullivan. It right? is Sonia O'Sullivan. Two points, you're on five. You can't do any more, Terry. Yeah. Sheila, it's all up to you. So uh, I'll go short. Oh, you're going short, right. I was going to give you the options and do the maths and everything, but no, you're going short. Fair enough. Uh, get this right, and you win today's quiz. Get it wrong, and Terry wins. That's okay. it. Straightforward. Uh, uh, 9.95 Irish man received Nobel Prize. Have a listen to this clip, which is from an RT News report with Tommy Gorman, and we want to know who won the Nobel Prize. We're looking for the name of the person, okay? And here is your short clip for two points to win the quiz today. In his speech, the Swedish writer Austin Hörstrand linked his work to that of another Irish poet, Patrick Kavanagh. So who are they talking about? Seamus Heaney. It is Seamus Heaney. Yes, it is. Two points for you. And a clean sheet. Six out of six. Well done, Sheila Barry from Drummond League. Terry, Wonderwall. 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 Should have went short. Should have went short. Listen, well well done, Sheila. Well done. Thanks very much, Terry. Yeah, you're better than you think on the music. Anyway, Terry, great talking to you. Um, okay, and we're thanks, going to send Ray. out a couple of radar show mugs. Brilliant, listen, I enjoyed it. Love it. Thanks, Ray. Brilliant. Okay, thanks, Terry. Uh, Sheila Barry, well done. Uh, Ray, could you say hello to my husband, Richard Moxley, and wish him a very yes, happy birthday? Yes, I should have done that earlier on. How rude of me. <laughs> Richard, happy birthday. Thanks very much, Ray. There's shepherd's pie in the oven waiting for you and presents <laughs> <laughs> from your son, your daughter and your wife. Uh, okay, and, and the perfect present. A trip up, to, a, a, a trip up to the city, uh, yeah. to River Lee in Cork and you can, you know, get somebody to mind the children or maybe bring exactly. them with you. Yeah. Exactly. DoyleCollection.com to find out more about River Lee Hotel and enjoy that and enjoy the celebrations uh, with Richard later on. Well done, Sheila. Thanks very much, Ray. Good luck. See you. Bye. Bye-bye bye. Bye-bye. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Email ray at rte.ie. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Uh, we were speaking to Bree Dooley earlier on, head of RTE Archives, about the new exhibition uh, which is happening in uh, Meeting House Square. And she just was back onto us to remind people that Ireland on the Box exhibition is free to all. FOC, free of charge, and it's on until May. Now, does your home need a bit of T-S-Z-U-J? I think it's judge. Uh, are you hoping to finally make your work-from-home space a bit nicer this year, like Terry? Well, Laura DeBarra's Decor de Galore offers the essential guide to styling your home and is full of practical and creative solutions for making the most of your space. Um, best-selling author uh, with Gaff Goddess, um, uh, Laura DeBarra joins us now on the line from London. Hello, Laura. Hi, you're getting used to all the lingo already, I yes, see. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I actually went online and looked up the pronunciation of that word, T-S-Z-U-J. And uh, how do you pronounce it? Zhuzh. 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 You're doing a great job, don't worry. So zhuzh is like pimping up your room, is that it? It's sort of the old... A little spruce, a little easy spruce. Just imagine if someone was to zhuzh your hair. It would just be a nice, fun... It'll shake through of the hair and I, it makes it look even better. I don't have any hair. Listen, we can we can sort hair for you. We can get you a nice wig. Don't worry. <laughs> right. I, I find, I, yeah. Uh, listen, congratulations <laughs> on the book, uh, Decor Galore. Uh, this is your second book, Gaff Goddess is the first and a lot of people would have that on their shelves at home and I know that a lot of the team swear by it. Um, so just for people who don't know you, Laura, just give us a little bit of background on yourself and how you arrived at where you are now. 
Sure. So I've been working in London as a property portfolio developer for about five years now. So what I do is I, I source properties for investors, basically. And then a lot of my time spent is bringing them up to scratch for rentals. But at the very beginning, I started to realize, hang on a second, no one thinks about the person living in these spaces. Why are we putting in this leather sofa, etc.? Like, why aren't we getting them something that they like to look at? And I started kind of doing a lot of the work myself because I was working to strip budgets. And then I started sharing it on a private Instagram page at the time for my friends, just saying, like, I learned how to fix the dishwasher today. This is how you do it. And, like, saving videos for people to follow and for tenants as well, because I used to manage about 60 tenants. And then I ended up writing Gaff Goddess, um, on how to re- do repairs to your home. And there was a little chapter in that called Decor Galore, all about how to kind of aesthetically add to your home as well without spending a lot of money. Yeah. Especially if you were a renter or had, let's say, you weren't doing a full refurb, like a budget like that, and small changes. And that got loads of really positive feedback. Like people really wanted to hear more. And then that's how Decor Galore was born. Aha. Um, and it, it's great because it's for people with a budget or without a budget because in each room in the house you give three options the min and that's short for minimum I presume then that word mm-hmm. that I can't pronounce the zhuzh the zhuzh <laughs> and then the overhaul so yep. depending on your budget and depending on which energy and motivation you have uh, you can you can choose one of those or maybe a mix mix and match of them. so t- talk us about some of your your, your 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 words like zoning, routes, um, pit stops, and then the min, the judge, and the overall. So talk us through the terminology first. Sure. So because I'm trying to teach something that people don't normally teach in interior, I have a different kind of method and terminology to use because we need to get into a space that we haven't thought about interior before. This is all about making things last longer, doing it yourself and not spending loads of money. Mm. So that's why I have this kind of method. Like in Decor Galore, I take you on a tour of the home. And first of all, in every room, we look at the zones. So they're just areas of use. Most people don't have one room that's dedicated to a single use anymore. We tend to do lots of things in different rooms. And then also you've got routes that are natural through the room that you walk through. Like when I'm working for an investor and redesigning a space, I think, okay, you enter through here, the most common like walkway that you'll walk through is going to be this route. So we've got to make sure that we have nothing that's going to get in the way there, but also that like, the carpet that's down there is a different type of content to a carpet that could be next to a bed, etc. And then pit stops are just natural areas that tend to pile up along routes or they have something useful along them. So it could just be a coat hook on your way out the door or it could be that bowl that everyone has that's full of stuff <laughs> in another room. And it's about getting your pit stops right so that they don't become pile-ups. And basically, it's just a really clever and practical way that I start designing any space. But I hand it over to you because everyone is different in their home. I know that we're constantly told that we need to have this and we need to have that. This is all about you and what you want in your home. And then we do the min, the judge and the overhaul. And this is, it's kind of budget based, but also just because you're renting doesn't mean you have a tiny budget. And just because you own your home doesn't mean you can have a massive budget and do loads of reno work. So it just depends on what you want to do, what you can do at the time. Okay. So each one, like the min is a little bit, it's spending no money. It's just methods that I know work really, really well, like making the flow of the room better, zoning, lighting, etc., the judge then is a nice little spruce to her just to work a little bit of magic. But like, it's what I would do at work. I don't spend right. a lot of money, but I make sure that my after is 
so much better than my before and that the person who's walking into it every day is living for it. And then the overhaul is like buying tiles, flooring and much bigger spend. Right. Uh, uh, you're, you're sort of buy into that, you know, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, <coughs> teach him to fish, feed him for a lifetime. A hundred percent. And also when you teach people how to do things, you've got to think of, um, of things a bit longer now saying like, oh, this is stunning and selling online and stuff about interiors. It's kind of what's happening at the moment. People are swiping up to buy a lot. We've got to think of ourselves as bouncers on our front door. If this is coming in my front door, it's going back out my front door somewhere and I'm responsible for that going to landfill. Uh So it's also teaching people to think about their position in the chain, basically, of things being produced and used. So I love to like pass on the stuff that I learn at work through lots of error and <laughs> trial. <laughs> and I think if you learn a small thing, it'll not just teach you how to do that, but it'll also teach you more about yourself and what, how you want to live in the home. So you start growing your knowledge further than the book then is my aim, really. Yes, and, and you, you appreciate things. Like you go into detail about choosing a sofa couch, whichever I, I would say sofa because I'm of a certain age and from down the country. Do you say sofa or couch? Well, I love couch. I just think it sounds stunning. Um, (laughs) I just think it's just it's the end of it is that beautiful. But also sofa by design is actually something that's more designed to perch on. And a couch is is something that's more um, lounging. They're actually actually different things, are they? A sofa and a couch. From a design point of view, a sofa or like I actually go through the history of the sofa and the couch because I actually love it. Go on, tell us, tell us, go on, share it with us. Well, See, they, sofas and couches were developed to be different things. Like a sofa basically was more when you were sitting around having people over um, uh, for tea or coffee. So you're sitting in an upright position. Uh-huh, and then yeah. the couch was more, it was lower and you're laying back a bit more. So I like couch because to be honest, if I'm sitting down, I'm practically lying down. <laughs> so right. if I want to watch TV, I relax. <laughs> and, and then you go through the, you know, the good room, the dining room, the living room, the lounge, all that. And, and, and the, how, how we name rooms is important, isn't it? Because because it sort of gives it hints to what we use them for. Yeah, definitely. I mean, living in London in a flat, your room could have about 60 names because you have to do everything. (laughs) (laughs) Your kitchen, your dining room, your office, your lounge, where you work out, where you do everything. But um, there is a fascinating history through the home. You know, like the living room is once called the death room, which is just like, I find stuff like this fascinating. So I've added in... Why so? Those kind of... I just, I find... No, I mean, why was it called the death room? So the death room was because you would usually wake the dead in your living room. And it was basically an area at the front of the house so people didn't have to walk through your house. It also meant that people could view from outside. And then um, it was actually the Woman's Journal at the early 1900s that rebranded as the living room. This was back when they started kind of telling us how to live right. <laughs> in houses. And they came back <laughs> saying like, girls, reclaim the room. It needs to be stunning. It needs to be this and that. And yeah, basically... They started to bring it into the living room. And it was also, if you think around that time, there had been, as we kind of got into, I think it was like the 1920s, people started getting more into living rather than death because there was 20 years of a lot of death. So I think people were jumping on that, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and I suppose for some people that the luxury of going beyond just surviving, they could actually live. 100%. Yeah. So yeah. just back to the sofa couch thing, the, 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 the Weisenbeek, uh, Martindale and Double Rub. Tell us about those, because these are important <laughs> things, it, aren't they? Doesn't it sound absolutely <laughs> stunning? Well, honestly, like when I first heard of these, I was like, oh, I'm so into it. So basically, when you're looking at fabric these days, a lot of people, I used to work in fashion, so I 
have a bit of a fabric background and there's always testing that's done on every fabric no matter what you're buying and it basically tells you how durable the fabric is so what you have with couches a lot of people don't actually check they kind of more go for color which is completely normal to not know and then they, these rub tests will actually tell you whether something is designed to just be sat on or something can be rolled around on quite often. Um, you know, because everyone has different uses for yes. their couch. Yeah, if, you know, if there like, are young children involved, you want, you want a high rub factor, I'd imagine. 100% or pets or maybe you sit, like I personally sit down, I always like put my legs up on the couch right. and I would sit on my couch quite often not just to watch TV, you know, if I'm reading or something. So, I've put in a little easy to follow note on it because when I first started buying sofas and all of this with someone else's money, I needed to make sure that they weren't going to come back to me and say, tenants only been in there six months and it's falling to bits already. So I have it in there where like they can see like if something's, for example, like 10,000 and under, that should only be like something that's like a decorative item that's not designed to be sat on. And so a lot so of that's, that's, they've tested it in, in laboratory situation and they've mm-hmm. rubbed it 10,000 times <laughs> and they've found that after 10,000 rubs, it disintegrates. Is that it? So well, you also have a, dub, a double rub where a it double... rubs one way and rubs the okay, way back. Okay. Which, you know, so what, what, sh- what should we be looking for then in, in our couch the next time we go to purchase one? Well, if you want to go for something that's like general use, right, you would go for 20 to 25,000. But I prefer to go 25,000 to 30,000 because that's something that you'll use a lot. If you okay. want your if you want your couch to last a long time. If you did 30,000 plus, like this would be something that would be on well let's say like a fitted long um seating in a restaurant. Ah, I they see. use yes, 30,000. Yes, 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 so yeah. I always like to know what the commercial uses for something and then I work back you from work there. Back from you there. Know? Well, listen, it's a brilliant book. We've more questions, but just to remind people in case we run out of time, it's called Decor Galore and loads of really solid practical advice there and you're not imposing your tastes on people. You're giving them the option to do what they want to do with the interior of their houses, which is great. Keeping mm-hmm. the toilet seat down when you flush it. Tell us about that. Oh, <laughs> everyone loves this. It's called, basically, when you flush a toilet, a plume is released into the air. And a lid, as with the lid on anything, is designed to keep something inside. Right. So when you flush, you should have the toilet seat down. And this was quite big at the start of the pandemic in America, actually. They'd have your, wash your hands, wear your mask and keep the toilet seat down when you flush to stop the spread of um, germs. And like I was in a viewing recently, really high end flat and really bespoke bathroom and it had no toilet seat lid. And I was just like, oh, like, I will only stand in here for a second. So I think a lot of people don't actually realise they think that the lid is maybe like to stop your dog drinking out of the toilet. But or it is to stop this in. plume going up. OK, quick questions because mm-hmm. we've only 45 seconds. So keep the, the, your answer short, please. Anne says, I'm Go thinking on. of painting my hallway in a soft pink colour. I have an oak stairs with oak doors uh, off the hallway. My floor is tiled in a pale cream beige colour what colour paint do you suggest Anne Anne go with whatever makes you feel stunning walking in and walking out of the house pink will always be beautiful but wood because it's a nice warm tone and I think why not the hallway can be as exotic as you want Nice. Um, we've run out of time there. Uh, I'm going to point people towards uh, Decor Galore. Uh, there's a full chapter there on the home office, if that's what you want, but it goes through every room in the house from the, the, the front room, the living room, the lounge, the kitchen, the loo, everything is in there. Uh, and it's a great read, practical advice. Uh, Laura DeBarra, thank you so much. Uh, the Essential Guide to Styling you. Your Home. Mind yourself. See you. Bye. Happy New you Year. You too. Take bye, care. Bye. Bye. bye, bye. Uh, Cormac and Sarah on the way. We are back tomorrow at three o'clock. Enjoy the rest of your, what is it, Wednesday evening. Yes. It's the Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1.